0: Welcome everyone to the
1: Blazer Focus Podcast. I am Eric Fentress along with Craig Bernbach. And we are here in the midst of a sea of blowouts for the Blazers. We're going to talk a lot about their tanking efforts. We're also going to take a look at sort of our first... Take at who the Blazers might get based on their draft position, and we'll talk about Anthony Simons, whom I wrote 70 bajillion words on this week. <laughs> 60 bajillion were great. 60 yeah. bajillion were yeah. perfect. The other 10 bajillion, I don't know. I probably could have edited those out. Uh but first, let's just dive right into our list. We do not even need to go back and forth about
0: anything because nothing's going on of excitement. But is well, this let me just say this? You know I just want to bring people inside the uh, you know, inside the tent here. Like Aaron and I, we have to stop talking when we, but right before because we get so mad at each other, we (laughs) tick each other off, and we gotta say save it for the podcast. So we're ready, we're ready to go. We're fired up.
1: We're fired up. Okay, so these Blazers have been just absolutely awful. Uh, We all know, I mean, everyone knows that I wanted them to tank. There's a lot of people that wanted them to tank. There's some people who didn't want them to tank, but I made a comment about you know them tanking and how they were sort of an embarrassment to tanking because they weren't just losing, they were getting routed. 37 to Golden State, 32 to Denver, 30 to Phoenix. Then they had a close game against Minnesota, 14. Then they went out and lost by 43 to Minnesota. They lost by 38 to Utah. They won a game against Washington, which was somewhat of America, but not really. And then they had a decent game against Atlanta, and then they got blown out again by New York by 30. So my question for you, Craig, is... Is this kind of embarrassing? Is it a bad look for the team? It's one thing to lose. It's another thing to go out there and be losing by 30 and 40 points.
0: So my mother told me it's impolite to tell someone to shut up. So I'm going to tell you (laughs) to be the quiet. This is ridiculous to me, that you are in any way, shape, or form complaining about how the Blazers are doing the thing that you begged, you begged them to do, you told everyone who thought that the Blazers should try to make the playoffs and try to win games, you called all of them idiots, you said they were ridiculously, that if they supported the Blazers and thought that they should win, that they did not know what they were talking about and now you're somehow complaining that your secret your, your, that your evil plan is coming together <laughs> like what is wrong with you like you're the epitome okay, of the but, person but that Craig. gets a piece of chocolate cake after begging for chocolate cake and says well where's the where's the ice cream I wanted ice cream on this cake this cake is no so good I want ice cream too like they're doing what you asked Dang, no, like, no. at the end of the day Aaron no. Aaron, at the end of the day they you want them you so you want them to lose by six every night is that your plan <laughs> i don't understand like what is wrong with you man like Listen, if they won a game good. if they won they won a game and you freaked the heck out you freaked Dude, the heck they out. were leading in a game and i freaked out and they probably blew the lead i was like My thank God. goodness yeah and, and your, this is your quote, But by the way, we, we communicate via Google Docs before the podcast, and I write as a subject, why is Fentress complaining about tanking when he begged for the Blazers to tank? He writes, lol, 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 am not. <laughs> Underneath it, here is my quote, Aaron Fentress from Twitter. Not. This is the quote, the Blazers are an insult to tanking. This is quite Horrific. My God, God bless there, your wife. Wasn't, That's wasn't, all I gotta say. Your children and your wife are saints to somehow get, keep you happy. Saints? I, I, I live in the garage. What are you talking about? Well, I, I you, you, deserve it.
1: <laughs> all right. Oh Can I respond God. now? Are you done? Is rant no, over? There's is no rant response. Over? There's no response. There is no response there's to absolutely a response because there's degrees to everything. There's degrees to everything. And you don't have to sit there and watch it and try to pretend to write something and ask people about it afterwards. I listen, listen. I think
0: that I think the night I tweeted that was when they were down fifty in the third quarter at Utah. Who is the studio host for that game? I don't know. Oh, that that'd be me. So don't tell me don't tell me I don't have to watch it. Every game, every anything. game, you're watching every game, you're in the post game every game, oh you're in the pre game every it. game. They're, I'm, they're I'm doing what I they're doing what I asked and now I have to watch. No, it's they this do it's exactly degrees. what I asked them to it's do. It's
1: degrees. You can lose without looking like a summer league team, Craig.
0: Oh you can and lose. You know what happens? And then win. And then win. And then Aaron Fentress will complain. I don't even <laughs> understand it. Like, I, I mean, honestly, like, what is wrong with you? You can't. There's nothing You can't ask for something. You can't ask for something. Receive it, and then now, now stipulate. Okay. Did, yeah. Yeah. A- first, Andrew, first, of all, Andrew, first of all, Andrew. of course I in. can. Andrew, I can. Andrew, and I did jump in. Andrew, did Aaron ever say I would like the Blazers to lose, lose every game, but by between three and eight points?
1: Okay, I thought it was a three and eight. It could be eighteen to
0: twenty. Did, did he ever stipulate? Did he, or he, did he ever? He, not, stipulate? he never got that specific. No, he never stipulated. He just called so? everyone who said, including me, and said that you know I, I'd like the Blazers to be competitive. I'd like them to win. That's stupid. That is not what's best for the franchise. And you'll never win a championship. And you're stupid, stupid, stupid. But now, but now, oh, they're losing by too much, and I have to watch it. It's not fair. My God. I'm not alone here, Andrew, right? I'm not alone. It was just one tweet. It's not like I went on a no, rant about no, it. No, it, it was, wasn't one tweet. I can go back and find – you then listed the schedule and called it an abomination. A word you used was a bomb. Yeah, you said anybody who's still watching this abomination and you well, put, Okay, that's just
1: can... calling it what it is. That has nothing to do with me.
0: That has nothing to do with the conversation. I, I can call it an abomination if I want. Right, look, here's the thing. I can't see the people listening, but I know they're with me. I you know that's all that matters. Look, I know some I'm of right. us some of us understand the oh, complexities oh, oh,
1: oh, 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 oh. and mysteries of nuance. Others just want to be bludgeoned with the obvious. I'm a nuanced guy. Okay, I'm a nuanced guy. It's why it's like it's like what the ducks might say. They're not going to contend for the playoffs, but they're still going to be pretty good. And because I say they're not coming to the playoffs, people freak out, you're a hater. No, I'm not saying they're bad. You're a hater. You think they're start- No, there's a there's a sweet spot. Mario was never gonna win a national title, but he was gonna make them good still. Nuance. You did not Same thing talk here.
0: about it. You didn't no, talk right. about a sweet spot. I you didn't. didn't. You I said didn't. lose every game. You said right. lose every and game. They're, and
1: they're you losing, lose every game. And I'm not complaining about them losing. I'm just saying. That they're just getting demolished, and it's mm. such bad basketball, and it's just so horrific to watch. There's a difference. Yeah, there's a subtle yeah. difference. Anyway, All
0: right. anyway,
1: I, I'm glad you I, got I, that. I you. You. I'm, I'm, I'm done. I'm done. Something, I know something happened. There. Know someone I'm burnt. Good. Someone burnt your muffin this morning, and you just had to get out some steam. I don't so brunch. you took it out on me. So no, there I you go. That's the problem don't... right there. That's the problem right there. You need to go have a Snickers <laughs> or granola bar, and then you'll relax. Okay. So okay, you took me to task on that. That wasn't even like the first thing we we're supposed to talk. Well, that's fine. No, but but anyway, that's fine. so my question though is: Do you think, do you think that this is embarrassing, a bad look, or are they just getting it done
0: in an impressive fashion? Look, <laughs> being down by fifty is not is not cool. You know, it's not something. Oh, so you agree with me. me? Look, I never. Once again, all I'm doing is is saying what you said. I'm not saying what I said. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not the hypocrite here. Wow. I've always, you know. So I no. I'm <sighs> nobody in the Blazers. Nobody in the Blazers organization is going to say, you know what? Losing by 50 looks, looks good and feels good. Nobody. So that that's not even a question, but in the end, the the team that they've decided to put on the court, um, I think people can take from that what they will. I think that that's, that's not, you know, overstepping. So I don't, but I, I, I just look at it this way. If your result, the result that you want and you think the blazers are aiming at is to get the highest draft pick possible. There's one way to do it. That's it. You can't win games, right? If you win a lot of games, you won't be uh, in the mix for, for a high draft pick. And if you make the, to make the playoffs, you lose the pick. So do the math of what, what's a, what's a success. And watching, you know, and watching Josh Hart go for 44, you know, looking like he might hit 50. I enjoyed that. That was fun to watch a guy who probably won't have a lot of chances in his career to just go, go, go. Um, So there's some, you know, I just try to pick out something during each game that I can watch and concentrate on. And admittedly, if I'm not working that game, the last five minutes of the fourth quarter, I don't have to watch.
1: What's funny is he had 25 in the first half against Atlanta. Oh, I
0: know. And then in the
1: second half, he magically couldn't make a shot. (laughs) and only had six and they lost. I wonder if there was a phone call to the bullpen. Yeah, uh, tell Josh to uh, cut this out. We don't want to beat Atlanta today. All right, thank you.
0: But you know, but right now they are they're headed in the direction in which Aaron Fentress asked them to head. Yeah, that's right. and and that means a top pick, which means you know watching the tournament <clears throat> gives you gives you something to watch during the tournament and uh, be interested in. So uh, and that and that's where we are. And you're starting to um, you know, so we're getting there. But you know, I, I I feel cleansed now, and this is why I like working with Aaron. He doesn't care. He feels cleansed. <laughs> he doesn't care. You don't no. care. I know I know. don't care. <laughs> I know. All right, but I will say you wrote uh you you wrote a, a, an amazing in-depth piece on uh, Anthony Simons who, which is really the most interesting part of this season watching his growth. I think the biggest takeaway for every Blazer fan and probably the organization is how Anthony Simons did what so many in the organization wanted, so many fans wanted to see. He has stepped up to the next level and man you, you went deep, man. You went, you, you know, you got him looking like that one picture that he looks like he's seven, you know what I mean? Like he's not, he's not, but I mean, now we know why he looks, you know, 17 when he's in his twenties. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it sounds, you know, getting to read about his background and his life and his family support and his friends and man, basketball has been, you know, I feel like my kid's four. I better start. He's, you know, because he's going to be tall. Of course he is, and my son. But <laughs> like, you just feel like, holy cow, this kid, thank goodness he loved basketball because it was it was his thing from from the get-go.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I innocently started out just writing what I thought would be a 2,500-word 2500, 2500 feature. And then uh, it became clear it was going to be a two-parter. And then as I was finishing part two, I realized that part two was twice as long as part one. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, so I told Joel, our sports center, I said, uh, actually, he said to me, he said, why do I feel like there's a part three hidden in all this? I'm like, oh no, part two will be the same length as part one. D, D, uh, part <laughs> two is 5,000 words. I think we need to go three parter. Um, but I, the thing is, I kept sending the stuff to him and he kept reading and I kept thinking, okay, if you have cuts and he Cut, didn't, right. he, he had some cuts, but he didn't, he, he didn't have enough to like really trim it back. He's like, no, it's all good stuff. Let's run it. I'm like, okay, we'll go for it. But no, it was fascinating. If you're an
0: editor, you don't make any cuts. That's not good, right? Then you don't have a job. But, uh, but no, I thought, <laughs> no. I, I I thought every, you know, we haven't really got to know him. You know, it just right. he he's in the background for so long on the good teams. Then the pandemic. So um, I thought it was great for people to get to know more in one place and. Uh, what was your main takeaway after doing so, you know, so much research and, and getting to talk with, uh, friends, friends and family?
1: Um, well, the childhood stuff, it was, it was fascinating to learn a lot more detail about why he ended up going to IMG. Um, and I, and I looked around and I, I didn't, I didn't find any articles that really dove deep into that. There might have been some, but you know, the whole idea that they had decided early on in high school that he should reclass because he had been sort of a young young for his grade anyway. And that having that extra year would give him an extra year to sort of blow up and it would help his recruiting profile. So it wasn't like they held him back and he was going to graduate high school at 20 or something like that, right? right? They held him back and he was going to graduate basically on time and play with his peer group. And so the plan all along was not to skip college because you're skipping college right. and then go to the NBA. It was because they wanted him to have that extra year. And so he goes into IMG when technically he could have gone to Louisville 17-18. But he was already planning on going to go into IMG and wait to play in college eighteen nineteen, and then his everything about him he just he just erupted like it started freshman year he's five eight and he and his friend Elijah Williams just happy they can touch the backboard bottom of the backboard, and then a year later he's six one and he's got forty inch vertical and a the year after that he's throwing throwing tomahawk dunks and stuff and he just blew up physically and athletically and so by his senior year he was a high end recruit he got obviously an offer from Louisville. But then that summer, like the summers, he was really making a name for himself. And that summer between his uh, senior year graduating and then going to IMG, he just really, really just took off. And his rankings went from the 70s, 80s to top 10 on rivals and 24-7. And so if you're a top 10 recruit coming to high school and there was no one and done rule, most of those kids would be drafted right out of high school. And one year I went back to the Anthony Davis draft class. If you look at the, the rivals ranking for that year coming up, those guys coming out of high school and then look at the draft the following year, like eight of the 10 guys ranked in the top 10 coming to high school all went in the top 10, of the, in a the lottery at least of the next draft. So if he's, he's sitting there like I'm eighth and 10th ranked in the country, I could get drafted this summer. I don't have to go to Louisville. And so how they went about the process of making that decision. I thought that was fascinating to learn about.
0: Yeah. And, I, and that's what I meant. Like the, it was a, the family and the, and the thought that went into that it's, it it was it was intense you know like at such a young age he was making decisions about his basketball future and he's not even 25 yet and it's kind of like they they figured it out like this they had a manual that they were writing you know what i mean like <laughs> right, it's just right. not a normal uh thing for to be 58 and so young and still think oh i think that i have the potential to you know or, or this will help me and then the size comes into it and the the ability comes into it and you know i do think that it, it says a lot um and some of this was you wrote about but also within the reading it between the lines like how bright of a human being he has to be you know to 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 be able to adapt to the, what he did at such a young age mm-hmm. um with new friends new places to go um knowing the that's a heck of a responsibility on a sixteen-year-old kid, you know. Like yeah. we're making this decision because we think that you know, it's one thing when you're in high school and you're a top-ranked player, and everyone thinks you're, you know, you're big man on campus. You know, what I mean, that's. I'm not saying that's easy, but you're you're around all your friends, you know, and you're you're going to your high school, so some of that stays the same. Um, and then you know, hey, the rules say I got to go to college for a year i played college for a year. This guy did a different route, kept his head straight, kept getting better and better. So I think it says a lot for, uh, why the Blazers believed in him the whole time. And also why they feel strongly that he is someone they can build upon. Yeah. Because, you know, he's already, he did it at an age before his brain was fully, you know, functional. (laughs) So,
1: and he's uh, so, he's so well grounded, you know, and like, like, one of his friends said he
0: doesn't believe
1: that any of this, we're just in the beginning stages of him becoming maybe yeah. a star, but they just don't believe that any of this is going to impact him. And w- one thing that's good for Portland fans is that he's, he's a small city kind of guy. He's not someone who yeah. craves the nightlife or craves being seen or craves hanging around with celebrities or, you know, going to strip clubs with James Harden. You know, he's, he's a grounded, family oriented, quiet guy who just wants to hoop and Portland suits him. And he wants to set up shop here. He wants to uh, expand his uh, his uh, foundation into the Portland community more. It's already pretty active down in Florida. And he wants to be here. And so what that means is he's going to obviously sign. And then he'll probably sign an extension after that without thinking about, I need to go to New York. I need to go back to Miami. I need to go here or there or whatever. So that's good news for, the, for them as well. One thing I really love, probably the best part is whenever I do a feature on somebody, I always ask either a parent or a friend or both, what's the worst thing so-and-so ever did that you can tell me about? <laughs> <laughs> and that's what got for me the story about them sneaking into the summer leagues <laughs> with his... That, but that but picture Elijah is gold, Williams, man. I know that picture uh, is gold. like age 10 on Elijah would get a press pass from, from his uncle. And then they would literally counterfeit it to create a second one <laughs> and then go to summer league. And they'd be these two little kids walking around the summer league with all these scouts and players and coaches and just hanging out like they belonged there. And no one ever bothered them. And then because they had passes. And then after that, they became part of the normal you know, aesthetics of the place, these kids, and then he got older and stuff like that. And he yeah, someone captured a picture of them on TV. They ended up on camera on TV, uh, just sitting there with some scouts and the media, just hanging out. So it was, that was a pretty cute story.
0: Uh, it was, uh, and I think, you know, the way he went to IMG and didn't go to college, that kept him away from being able to find opportunities to be a big city guy and wanted that, to do those yeah, things. That's that you true. Strive. You know what I mean, like because w- <laughs> no frat parties at IMG, right? Right. <laughs> you, know, and they, you can't. You're not sneaking out and doing. So, I mean, maybe they probably were doing some things, but you know what I mean. It's it's not the same when you're and everyone you're with at IMG has big goals, so you're not being pulled by, you know your one friend that always gets you in trouble. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like there's a diff- this one friend got him, you know, his one friend got him in trouble by sneaking into summer league. You know what I mean? Like, I well, know, <laughs> you know, like not sneaking into a, little a bar, little. Not, you know, not, <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. I don't know how that guy's going to get into a bar now. Like he definitely wasn't getting into a bar when he was 16. Oh, and if he buddy? was six
1: <laughs> one. His buddy, Elijah, like he did, he didn't grow like Anthony did, but he's like, I call him a, Smarty Pants Brainiac, he went He went to end up going to Duke. Uh, he ended up going to Duke. And he was the team manager at Duke when they had Gary Trent. So he was boys with Gary Trent too. So when he would come visit, he'd visit the both of them. Another funny story was the whole Anthony thing. Uh, so Anthony Simons is at a camp, tournament camp. They're calling his name over the loudspeaker, Anthony Simons for two or Anthony Simons for three. This woman, Nikki Ward, he's hearing that. And she's thinking, are they saying Anthony or Anthony? And then she goes and tracks down the parents. Tamika and asked, what is your son's name? Anthony. And she's like, yeah, he's named after uh, Anthony Petty Hardaway. She's like, oh, that's my son's father. (laughs) And then soon after that, Jaden goes up to Anthony. I think is it that way or the other way around? One of them goes up. The other one says, Hey, you're, you're named after my dad or I'm named after your dad. And they're like, yeah, I know. My mom just told me or whatever. So they become BFS right there. And all of a sudden they're playing on summer leagues together. I thought that was a cute story as well.
0: That is, that is awesome. And, you know, just the fact that his name's Anthony and he's named after Anthony Hardaway is cool. Right. Yeah. You know, like, and and the fact that no one calls him, I mean, he's kind of lucky he should thank Chris Rock because he can't be called Little Penny, you know, like they, they, Chris Rock took that out of the end, Like, no, you can't be Little Penny. So I'm surprised no one called him like Nickel, you know, or something like that. Like, you know, Nickel. some nickname because <laughs> he goes, you know, know, he he got he got Ant, which, of course, is the nickname for most Anthony's. So, yeah, his uh, mom's so just, he got I, you
1: know, I didn't get into that in the story, but his mom was just like, we just thought it was cute and just called him that, even though it didn't necessarily fit. But anyway, no, I think, I think it's an exciting time for the franchise and, and, and the fact that you know, I mean, he's a guy who if he were coming out of college a year ago or two years ago, he'd have been a top 10 pick. And so you got a guy like that for a 24th pick and it took some time for him to develop, but he's here and that's going to help Dame and it's going to help post Dame moving forward. So it's a, it's a good situation for the Blazers.
0: We all know as media members that you never know, you never know who you're covering. You know what I mean? Like you can, but after reading that, you can feel pretty good <laughs> that that, Anfrey, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that, that this is a good guy and that he's going to, and if you have a kid, you know, m- yes, let's get an Anthony Simons jersey. You know what I mean? Like, and feel right. strongly that, um, you know, I'll never let my kid, you know, total, you know, I hope he has favorite players and things like that. And, um, and, and, but you want him to attach to somebody that won't disappoint and you never know, but. You made me feel like once my kid, uh, you know, my kid's four, so when he's seven, he'll hopefully be full on in. And yeah, I think Simon's jersey is where we're gonna go. So, uh, so well done there. Uh, but of course, it. you know, I really think uh, you, you know, that, and I, and and I, I applaud uh, your editors and giving you that space because I know that's not always something you're allowed to not not allow, but it's not something as a beat writer is always able to get to because you gotta. You know, cover every game and uh, and using your time wisely in the sense that this the day the game day stories as you mentioned they're not they're not uh, they're not that while well, they can't be that difficult to write at times uh, uh, as far as space I've been mailing so, those in I'm not gonna lie <laughs> I'm like so, if they're tanking I'm tanking <laughs> so I'm I'm glad you use those I'm glad you use those talents and I'm glad the Ordonez gave you that space uh to share that because that's the kind of work that. Um, fans appreciate and we learn a lot from that so uh so well done i hate complimenting the guy andrew but you know sometimes you gotta you gotta tell you gotta tell the truth right (laughs) so there you go
1: you are listening to the blazer focus podcast we'll be right back after a short
0: break the best basketball to watch right now is the tournament. And I haven't had a chance to, to watch it. I got to watch the UCLA game last night, which, you know, was excellent. I mean, if you like bad offense and some clutch shots, it was a, uh, it was fun to watch been some upsets, but uh, where are you at the tournament? Did you do a bracket? Oh, um, <clears throat> I did
1: not. I got my head. was a spinning all week trying to finalize those three parts. And, I just, when it came time to get the energy to do a bracket, I just didn't have it. And I just, I just sacked it. I mean, and I've done, and I've done a bracket. Damn, what? 29 years probably I've done a bracket. 30 years.
0: Yeah, but, I can't. Uh, I, yeah, I, I probably at about that length. And I did not have a lot of time. Uh So I did two brackets um in four minutes. <laughs> Each. and I did it with le- the uh, not a ton of research or information because I probably watched I haven't watched a ton of college basketball uh, like I usually do because of the uh, before mentioned four year old um, and uh, but it was I I couldn't not do it I think I did it you know at ten thirty eight right before I usually fall asleep I'm like I gotta do it I gotta do it and I'm like and I did two brackets uh, and since you could do it on the computer you know you just gotta pop the little. You know, you could put the mark in the little bubble, like taking the SATs on your on your phone. Right. And I did it real fast, and I think I had one or two differences, um, but I definitely had Kentucky going further. I picked a few of the upsets. I'm an A10 guy, so I got Richmond. Uh, but uh, yeah, and I, I hope to watch. Um, I, I'm a I I've always in the past, my friends and I, we've gone to Vegas uh, usually the second week. This year, we won't do it before mentioned four-year-old, and COVID couldn't make the plan. Uh, But uh, the opening rounds, to me, there's too much bad basketball in the beginning, so I don't usually get excited until uh, at least round two. Uh, While there are a couple upsets, in general, they're the upsets of the 5-12, and you're like, yeah, well, that team's probably going to lose the next round anyway, or maybe you get one or two. But, hey, Kentucky losing, man. St. Peter's, I just would like to say, Great state of New Jersey, you're welcome, America. That's it. (laughs) You're welcome. The great state of New Jersey delivers again. Uh, So that was cool to to. That's a team in Jersey City, New Jersey. Uh, They don't get a lot of crowds. They get some good basketball players because New Jersey and New York City are, you know, right there. But uh, what I mean that that's a crazy upset to me. But are you have you been watching? Are you going to watch this tournament? With your eyes on guys. I'll start watching the Blazers.
1: this week. Well, I might watch some games tonight. Well, the Blazers play tonight. Yeah, um, They do. I don't know. I got, I got, <laughs> I got to check the schedule and see who's going to be playing when I got so much stuff going on. But that's, but that's what, but that's what YouTube's for. I can always go watch games. Yep. High, well, highlights aren't as, use, as useful, but before we get to uh, draft stuff, I did okay. want to ask you this. Well, um, Simons is out with that knee thing. Tell him knee, he's got, knee, knee something he's big word. Knee something it's supposed to be reevaluated one or two weeks. The so one week
0: I think is coming up. Do you think he plays again this season? Uh, yeah, I think he does because they brought Winslow back, so I feel like he might come back for a little bit. But I have no. Yeah, and I kind of believe Cha- Chauncey at this point that he talked about him come you know that he might come back. I don't think it hurts to let him play a few games, depending on where you're at. Maybe you give him a minutes limit, so therefore it it gets to the point where you feel good about him getting some run, but at the same time you protect certain other 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 things. But uh, I wouldn't be surprised either way. You do need to put players out there, and at some point <laughs> there's no players to sign. You know what I mean? Like I. I mean, some the ten day things end up, you know, you can't. It's harder to find, you know, do that later in the season. Um, so, I wouldn't be shocked either way. Your thoughts? What do you think? I think it's too far out for him not to
1: play again. I think he would yeah. had a uh, more serious, <clears throat> more serious injury on the injury list, sort of like they did with Nurk. They clearly want to get Nurk the hell out of there. <laughs> it was like if we remove Nurk and sign Drew Eubanks, we'll our chances of winning each game will drop by sixty five percent. But I, I don't think they're going to do that with Am. But I do think. He's going to come back and then be gone again. I don't think he's going to finish the season and, you know, play 10 of the next, whatever, how many games, 14, 15 games I have left. I also think it was wise this trip to maybe get him out of there because, um, well, one, he can stay home and rest and not have to travel. And two, you got Indiana and Detroit coming up, two teams that you could easily beat with Ant. Without Ant, you got a really good chance of losing at least one of those two, which helps your cause. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think that, hey, you you know, credit where credit is due. You kind of early on before you kind of predicted how the Blazers would rotate their roster, uh, keeping guys out game here, game there. Yeah, I think they're going to be strategic about it. Um, and, the, you know, I think they'll probably, because of Ant's contract status, you know, the last thing you want to do is get him any kind of serious injury. You know what I mean? Like that would... That would mess with your plan, but you do want him to play more. I mean, he hasn't played a full season with consistent minutes, so you do want to get him um, playing, you know, more playing opportunities uh, as safely and smartly as as possible. So I think a handful of games will probably be um, be the decision. All right, let's move on to
1: just real quick. How how much draft research have you been doing? You've been all over, right? (laughs)
0: <laughs> I, well, I, you know, I like to look at, at the, you know, the top, you know, the mock drafts, you know, I got, I follow two teams, the Blazers and the Knicks. We got a lot of picks, yeah. you know, so, you know what I mean? So I like to pay attention and then, and, and then kind of look and see, you know, it's strange when you look at certain mock drafts, like it's wild for me to, I, I get, you got to take the best players available, but you know, when, when some people have the Blazers down at like nine or something like that and Picking a point guard, I'm like, really? Like, I know you don't want to blow it, but man, there's some bigs out there and small. You know, yeah. There's no, there's no you know. way that I mean, it would. Well, I take that back.
1: If it was a super talented, oh my god, this guy's gonna be a phenomenal point guard, and he's way better than anyone else behind him, then I think you take him if you can't trade the pick, right? You just have to because you want that asset, and if yeah, you're redundant there again, but you can always move someone at some point as opposed to drafting the guy who's not any good.
0: You know the last, uh, you know, you know, go to ESPN, they do the mock draft, and the last one that I looked at, I remember, you know, they had the Blazers picking ninth, and they were picking Ty Ty Washington from Kentucky, a guard, and that was before they lost, uh, so it might have changed. Uh, but you know, like, I'm like, God, that that seems. I think some of those. Weird. I think some of those though is that people are ranking the
1: players more so than matching them with the yeah with the which, draft, and they're only doing the draft order based on the standings right now, which we all know could change. So I think it's I think sometimes it's more of that because I, w- I would hope that someone would be like yeah this doesn't make sense but then if the, if the next power forward is your fourteenth rated pros- prospect you're not going to move him to ninth and say the Blazers are going to take him there because you're basing it more on prospects that's that's what I think happens with some of them so anyway but right now so because San Antonio just won recently they moved ahead of the Blazers. Barely. I think, well, it's tiebreaker right now. We're behind, depending on how you think about it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. (laughs) Well, Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So right now, the Blazers have the seventh worst record. Um, and they're only one win, but four losses ahead of the Kings. So they're two and a half full games ahead of the Kings right now, who are sixth. There's an outside shot they could also catch Indiana as well, especially if they lose the to the Indiana Indiana Pacers because right now they only have two wins on them in the win column, but they have five losses, five fewer losses in the loss column. Weird. They played so many. They played so many more, more games, three or four more games. Anyway, so the point is, right now they're seventh. So, looking at some mock drafts today, it appears that in that range they could be looking at guys like. Keegan Murray from Iowa, who's a small forward. AJ Griffin from Duke, who's also a small forward. And uh,
0: Shaden well, Keegan Sh- Keegan Keegan Murray's a big big forward. He's like six nine. Is he a six eight? Is he more? Is he more of a four then? Yeah, he no, he's more of a. He's a four. He's a four. He's going to be a. Four. Oh yeah, you're he's right. He's more of a four. You're right. you're right. And you know he's big. AJ Griffin six, nine Now you're a center in the NBA, depending on the lineup. But this yeah, thing yeah. hasn't been six eight
1: two fifteen, but. They're comparing him to Siakam and Hartford. I admit I haven't watched him play it. Hartford and Siakam, TJ Warm are the comparison. So that those, all are, bigs. those are all big. All big. All fours. And then, yeah. So then, and then Shaden Char from Kentucky was a wing. <clears throat> and then Jalen Duran from Memphis, who is a big as well. So of those guys, I think by far the most intriguing one to me is Murray because of his versatility and he can shoot it about 40% from three, but he's listed here as fifth, which means the Blazers could have to fall further. And of course, where you end up where you end up in the standings is not the same as where you're gonna end up after the lottery, obviously Ping pong. Is, is done. Ping pong. Yeah, you can move up. <laughs> but right now I'm p I'ma slot them in at seventh and say that based on what's out there right now, they could end up with someone like Jalen Duran from Memphis, who is a power forward. But the problem was with a, him a
0: huge and a huge, you know, high school, you know, it was in the number one thoughts, you know, when he was in high school and and because uh, of his a, a huge recruit for Penny Hardaway. Right.
1: The problem with him, though, is he does not shoot the three at all. He hasn't, he hasn't taken a yep. shot yet. Now, yep. if to me, if you're a you know, seven-foot banger, fine, but he's listed 6'8", six, 6'9", six, you would like him to be able to get out there and shoot a little bit. Um, but if you're drafting for position at that spot, he may be the guy, or that's where you say, okay, but these other guards, yeah, we don't necessarily need a guard, but these guards are better.
0: Do we take one of those guys? So the thing that when I look at it also is Keegan Murray is 21 and Jalen Dern is 18. I think he's the youngest guy going to be in the draft. You know, you can't, you don't want that to be a consideration, but if you're Damian Lillard and you're trying to make Damian Lillard happy, you know, an 18 year old, no matter how good, there's very few that could step up and, and, you know, be real, real, everyday players in the NBA or, or above, above average. It takes a little while. So, I mean, there's that, I mean, Keegan Murray at six foot nine, 21, you know, years old. Um, That's a guy that you hope steps off, you know, he steps onto the court and, and is starting right away. And so there's a lot of that. And, you know, even that number one, like I look at, you know, everyone, Chet Holmgren's a, you know, he's a unicorn, but I don't see how that guy plays in the NBA significant minutes right away, weighing 72 pounds, you know, it's seven foot, (laughs) you know, he's eight foot six and 72 pounds, you know, like he dribbles like a guard, he blocks shots, but you know, I I don't know. I don't know. The the NBA is different than college. It's different than high school. So those considerations to me, like if I, if I were the blazer, like to me, the, the ultimate, you know, guy, uh, look, Jamari Smith is amazing. And he's almost, you know, he'll be like 19, he's around 19 and you hope and an advanced body. Um, but like, look, like, you know, I look at Bonchero with Duke at 6'10 and he's 19, you know, close to be close to t- 20. I mean, I'd like to draft, you know, Keegan Burry to me fits perfectly. He's 21. Uh, he's, he's big, he scores, he rebounds, he plays defense. Um, and he looks like he could play right away. So, you know, that's, that's to me. If you're asking me, who who do you want? If if we're talking about that range, I know, and not going above five, and you hope Keegan Murray can be there. Um, I haven't seen him play a lot, but I know his. I, I have seen him play. and I know his numbers, and um, yeah, they lost to Richmond, so that's you know he's not going to get hurt in the tournament. <laughs> so you got that. <laughs> um, but I mean, I think there's there, there's more considerations. You know, age. And that's what makes the job so difficult because as you mentioned earlier on when we first started doing the podcast, you got to take the best available. That's the smart thing to do. But we're already talking about like we don't need another six-foot-three guard. Right. You know, like on the Blazers. Yeah. So what
1: I think is going to happen is I think they're going to try and trade the pick. If they can get an adult, (laughs) adult star. That makes sense. From a rebuilding team who would take, you know, flyers on these young kids then that's perfect. So now you got the guy you want, whether it's Jeremy Grant or whoever, to plug in there at the four or wherever he's going to fit in and boom, you're off and running. And that that young kid may end up being a star and that's going to suck three or four years down the road, but you're not worried about that because you're still trying to win with Dame. But if you can't find the right trade partner, then to me, you're thinking best available because you're thinking beyond Dame at that point. Okay. Now, if you can draft a guy who can help you right now as a rotational player with Dame, great. But if there's a dude out there that's like, oh, my God, this guy, his ceiling is crazy. He's not going to be huge for us these next two years. But just like Ant, you know, in two, in three or four years, he could be really special. Then that's the way you go, because we don't know exactly what the shelf life is on the Dame experiment. It could be one. It could be two. It could be three or four years. We don't know what's going to happen. He could at any moment say, this isn't working. I want out. Or they could not sign him to the extension. I mean, we just don't know. Um, so that's how I
0: would look at it. Yeah. I think it's totally, totally fair. Um, there's just so many layers to this cause Joe Cronin still an interim GM. Yeah, that what I mean? <laughs> like, so, you know, he wants to hit a home run. He doesn't want to think three years down the road cause he doesn't know he doesn't have his job solidified. So I wonder if, you know, it'll be interesting to see where the Blazers land on making a decision on that. Um, I'm sure Joe Cronin would really like to be solidified, as the GM before he makes his pick. Um, and then where do the ping pong balls land? Yeah. You, know, you, know, like, you up with the second pick yeah, and everything changes. Yep. You get the second pick. So, all right. We've got just a few more minutes. All right. Do you want to do a, uh, let's, uh, you get to make the call, Fentress. Cause you know, you, you're the captain of this ship as scary as that is. Wow. Do we want to do, do we want to do, uh, wow. fact factor Fentress or no look passes this week? Let's do a quick one of each. I'll be quick. Okay. Hit it. So hit it. Fact of Fentress.
1: Trendon Watford's development. He's 17 points, eight rebounds this month, shooting 47.7% from the field. He's had 20 points or more three times is going to change the way the Blazers view the draft because they may have right here on their bench, not a starter, but a rotational big who will play meaningful minutes next season as the backup,
0: power forward. I see what you're saying. I'm just gonna have to say fiction based on all the other things you've said. <laughs> yeah, you know, just to be honest, you kept saying like, you gotta take the best available player. You well, know, I like, still believe that. I'm just saying, I'm just saying that it right, can I'm just alter, saying, so yeah. no. No, yeah. I think that if they trade the pick, it'll either be because they could get a guy that could play right away. And if they don't trade the pick, I actually agree with your first statement 45 seconds before you made that statement, which is wow. that they got to take the, be- no, I'm just saying you got to take <laughs> the best available and, and, and look at it that way. So um, no, I'm going to say uh, nice try, but fiction. Wow. <laughs> okay. No,
1: look, I'll real quick. Steph is banged up. The Suns are still not whole. Luca and the Mavs will come out of their West. True or false? You go first, Craig.
0: Nah, false. <laughs> Steph's gonna come. Steph's coming back. I mean, if you believe the medical, he's gonna come back for the you know first round of the playoffs, and he, they could probably get by in the first round uh, without him, as long as Draymond stays healthy. Because to me, he's the key. I don't see the Mavs. They, I don't know. They're just too. I, I don't. I just don't trust them defensively in the playoffs when it matters most. Um, and I. So I would say, I would say no. I'm going to say happen. hell
1: no, nah, because Dallas is like, they just tease you. They tease you after a while. They're teasing right now winning eight out of ten. They look really good right now, but what are they going to look like in a week, let alone two or three with some playoff starts? I just can't buy them, especially against the field, regardless of how long Steph is out or anyone else is struggling. It just doesn't matter. I can't see them navigating the entire field
0: and winning the 12 games necessary to get to the finals. My goodness, we end on an agreement between Burnback and Fedris. Only Andrew Thien can bring us together. That's his job. That's what a good producer does. Well done.
1: All right. Well, we'll get out on that note because Greg's going to run and I've got to run. Thanks for listening to the Blazer Focus podcast. We'll be back next week and talk more about the draft and talk more about my nuances as they pertain to analyzing proper tanking.
0: <laughs> Have a great week- weekend, everybody.